Hello everyone, I'm Shruti Kamat, your podcast host. Welcome back to a new episode of season 2 of the podcast. In case you're new here, I would highly recommend you listen to the introduction episode. And to others, welcome back. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Stories of Infosec Journeys and on Twitter at Infosec Journeys. Today with us, we have Ravi. He has over 12 years of experience in Blue Team. Currently, he leads threat detection team for APAC region. He has experience and expertise on all aspects of Blue Team like SOC, IR detection, hunting, forensics, automation in all environments. He's interested in building and leading global teams across multiple regions. Welcome to season two of the podcast, Ravi. In your own words, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, everyone. It's great to be on this podcast. Uh, Shruti is an amazing host. And about me, I'm Ravi. I have over 12 plus years of experience all on the blue side. So I hope everybody listening this understands what blue team is. I've done uh, forensics, threat hunting, threat detection, and automation to XR, uh, which is the key thing right now for all the organizations. And I've worked in industries like finance, semiconductor, and SaaS. And my latest stint is at a SaaS organization. And I lead a team of uh, 10 people right now that does the detection uh, for the entire SaaS organization. Thank you so much, uh, Ravi, for that lovely introduction about yourself. So I'm just curious, right? Uh, how is that, uh, you know, you found your calling in InfoSec or like, how did you get started? Was that accidental or was that like a conscious choice? It was a very, very conscious choice. So I graduated in early 2000s. Not interested in mentioning the year. So I started learning infosec on my own the term hacking was very intuitive for me and it made me very curious so i think in second year of my graduation if you all know about arcot arcot had so much stuff uh, the first social networking platform from at least what i know even before facebook and it had good things bad things uh, you could learn a lot of stuff there were a lot of people posting a lot of stuff on the arcot communities especially for hacking and everything and i used to try them a lot by myself and that's where i started learning about security and having a pc with like a proper cpu uh, the monitor uh, all of it was a big thing back then so i had a pc for myself thankful to thankful to my parents for that and then started doing a lot of stuff. So you, having an internet connection is also a luxury at that time. And it's everything on LAN. So whoever uh, internet provider you work with, especially the major ones, even they were on LAN. So basically, if you start sniffing, you could see, read through everything that's going in that particular LAN. Say your community has about 50 internet connections. You could just... Uh, place a sniffer, look at all the incoming outgoing traffic. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be chat, it can be emails, it can be anything that they are doing on their uh, browsing, uh, anything that they are doing on their PCs. So it was it was a huge thing at that time. So I started with that. So that's how my InfoSec calling came in. So what if uh, I didn't do InfoSec? So I had two career paths chosen for myself when I was in graduation. One is an investment banking Again, if you see the core of it is analysis, the other is uh, the blue side of it. So it again is an analysis. So probably no matter what, I would have been an analyst. So pretty much looking at data and trying to see patterns around that. So uh, Ravi, I do remember the Orkut times. Uh, it's been quite some time now. Uh, those were the days. 
So, uh, you know, when you look back, how do you think the exploration journey looked like? And, uh, you know, how does it feel right now? Yeah, I, I'll take the same example again. So, Orchid versus uh, corporate life, right? It's an entirely different thing. So, what you do on your own PC is entirely different on how you do in corporate. So, the mindset has to be totally different. So, on the internet, you're free bird. In the corporate, you have a lot of boundaries. And there are a lot of do's and don'ts, how it's configured. And there are a lot of controls around how things can flow within an organization. That is a huge change for me once I started working. I hope that helps, Shruti. I think uh, you actually talked about a very important point about how working on your own laptop and working in a corporate has a huge difference. Because I guess uh, from what I've seen or uh, experienced is for a lot of folks who are starting out, right, they get very enthusiastic about the term hacking and then they're like, oh, we get to do a lot of things. But they don't realize that, you know, in corporate, uh, it comes with boundaries, right? So I guess that's a very important point you raised and talked about. Yep, that is the actual way of how you look at things. So I always look at it. Having worked with multiple organizations, every organization has its own boundary. So working in InfoSec for quite some time, I can say everything in the corporate marries to the threat or a risk. What is the threat that you're finding and what is the risk that you're covering with any investment that you do or anything that you do at a corporate? So that's how you need to look at it. So when you're learning without any direction, you are all over the place. But that is not how a corporate works. That is not how an organization works. They have specific goals. They have specific criterias. They have specific things that you need to do for them to be successful. Because in an organization, you're trying to, you're trying to making sure that the business is running fine, no matter what. And from a security team's perspective, you're trying to make sure the business is as secure as possible. You cannot be 100% secure. You're trying to reduce the risk and reduce the threat surface area as much as you can. True, true. Agreed. All right. So uh, is there something specific that you're currently working on uh, or something that you want to share with our listeners? There are a lot of things that, that happen in a corporate world, especially when you are part of a large organization. I can say, so I work for a SaaS organization now. And the threat landscape is quite huge because SaaS is pretty much on the internet. You do not know sometimes where to start. You do not know what is the new risk or threat that is identified. And being part of a threat detection team, I always try to say, you know, tell this to a lot of people is detection is eyes, response is hands, right? So both have to be coordinated properly for you to function right. So look at it from a human perspective. So imagine you're closing your eyes and trying to do something. Can you do it effectively? Imagine you're tying your hands and trying to look at something to do something. You can't do it. So it's a coordination. So being part of the threat detection team, if we do not detect, there is no response. So detection is pivotal for any organization. And what are we trying to do different? A lot of organizations use MITRE. A lot of organizations use TTPs, uh, things in a different way. But I would say, I don't know if the organization did it, but no one ever communicated about it. We're trying to marry MITRE uh, with Killchain framework and see what is the best way we can focus on threats. Uh, there are a lot of blogs, a lot of theory around it. I don't know if anybody ever implemented it practically, but we are trying to do it in terms of how we can marry uh, Killchain with MITRE 
and see how effectively we can detect threats. That's the most unique thing that I'm doing in my career, which I haven't done in the past. Ah, that sounds very interesting. So, you know, uh, you've been in the industry for a while now, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, so what are some of the communities that you've been associated with and what is that you love about them? Security communities are awesome. I mean, I'm not saying because I'm in security. Uh, I've had people uh, work in other say technologies and everything security communities give you a lot of free stuff when i say free stuff there's a lot of free knowledge going around say one example would be look at defcon not everybody can travel to us not everybody can experience everything that's at defcon because it's costly there are a lot of constraints around it but once the conference is done you're pretty much free to look at everything after I think about a month or two, they upload all the videos, all the talks. They try to give you the experience virtually and and they don't charge you anything. All of that is on YouTube, right? It's for free and anybody can look at it. So you can consume so much knowledge without paying for anything, which does not ha happen in a lot of communities. And there are a lot of security people who have their own blogs trying to make sure the world is more secure and more safer place for people who are on internet who are trying to abuse it so yes i love this community because of how it works how things are and how they are perceived and i don't know if that answered shruti uh if there are more uh you know in-depth details that you want i'll be happy to share but this is how i see the security community yeah i think that answers pretty much you know what i wanted to ask so yeah we're good all right so this season i actually introduced something called a rapid question round and uh, this is more like you know a one-liner answer that you can give for the questions that i have uh, I did have one question. I think you kind of answered that earlier, you know, like if not uh, InfoSec, then which profession? Uh, and you mentioned that it was investment banking because you do like analytics is what you mentioned, right? Yep. So uh, moving on. Uh, so what is that one thing that you love and one thing that you dislike about uh, InfoSec? One thing I love is a constant change. You're never done yeah. and your job is never done. You're it's not like, okay, I have this product and it's up and running. Nothing like that in InfoSec. You have to be constantly evolving. Evolution is the thing in InfoSec. What I don't like is again the same thing. How much can you do? Everybody has their own, you know, end goal or something that it's okay, it's enough. So imagine running an incident for 30 days. So I've been through that and running a P0 or P1 for over 30 days because of the sheer size and the criticality of it. Though it's not known to outside world, I mean, there is public disclosure here and there, but doing it for 30 days, how tiring it can be, like day in, day out. Sure. Uh, not entire 24 cross seven, but at least you're working 12 hours uh, in your time zone and the 12 hours, uh, the other time zone is, take, gonna, is taking care of it and doing that for about 30 days continuously, how tiring it can be. That's the only thing that you don't like but again there's a lot of learning there's yeah. side the little negative side like you do not have family time at that when that incident is going on you're pretty much on the bed or in front of laptop that's it you're half yeah. in front of laptop so it's it's tough uh, but yeah that's the only flip side to it but otherwise i love working in this yeah it's awesome yeah yeah i think uh everything will have its pros and cons right so this is being one of it all right so uh who's your inspiration in the industry and why so i don't know if anybody ever answered this or at least i haven't heard 
my inspiration keeps on changing uh, you evolve so my inspiration yeah. evolves so probably at the start of my career in my first job i had a person who was at a senior management level who used to talk amazing he was a crowd puller so basically i look up to leaders my inspiration is always about leaders it's not always about technology is like because they are the ones who are leading the organization to make it a lot better and it evolves over a period of time so anytime i change an organization i try to look for inspiration within the organization there is no constant one person and i can say i'm right now listening to a lot of podcasts uh, especially about leadership and everybody has amazing points to say so there is not one specific inspiration for me but it it keeps evolving for me it might be one today and probably 6 months down the line or maybe tomorrow i find somebody more interesting and probably look at them and try to learn from whatever that they are trying to teach or write or speak about and then see what i can consume from them true i think i can actually relate to your answer uh, because uh, you know your inspiration can change time to time and based on you know where you are in your life right so and how much you can uh, take that inspiration from other people so i think it's a very relatable answer yeah and i can quote you examples so when i was at the early start of my career i i know how immature i am and compared right now right at that time even if someone say pulls about two people for with a stock i would say wow this guy is awesome now i'm at a stage where if you cannot pull at least 10 people together i'd say okay what an bad way of influencing people is how i look at it. so it's an example but that's how i relate you know you mature over a period of time so your inspiration changes at that point of time uh, for that particular maturity you think that person is awesome but over a period of time you you go further and say okay uh, you need to evolve otherwise you will be stuck so that's how i look at the inspiration from my perspective true true agreed okay uh, so now that i've asked you about your inspiration so what is that that keeps you uh, motivated and going throughout while uh, working it's the same thing that i already said uh, the dynamism of this industry or this domain and you do not know what tomorrow looks like frankly yeah. you do not know what new security thing comes up and especially being on the blue team you have to be prepared so tomorrow i do not know if there is a huge uh, p0 uh, that we need to deal with for probably next another couple of weeks so that keeps me motivated because i need to be always alert so it's pretty much like uh, you could look at any policing army uh, any anybody who provides security right you so everybody has their own level of uh, security so that that keeps me motivating because say if you're doing routine and mundane work uh, it may not be that interesting but something that you do not know what's tomorrow and you're prepared for it or you are just expecting it to come so that you could handle it is what keeps me motivating so yeah. that that's the reason i i like this kind of job you can't yeah. even expect it so that keeps me motivating yeah i think you constantly on your toes right so that's yeah. a interesting uh, feeling so in that case so i just have one last question on the rapid round which is uh, what are some of the latest trends you see in infosec everything is moving into cloud cloud is pretty much about how you configure things for yourself so 
if you look at any cloud provider, do you think they want everything to be unsecure? No, they have everything that is required there for you to secure yourself. You just have to focus on the right way, configure it for your organizational leads, make, making sure the business is up and running. And you need to make sure you have right detection, right response, and the process built out so that you can be secure. If you see today, all the major cloud players are increasing the revenue by over 30 to 40%, including all the SaaS organizations. Why do you think that's happening? Because a lot of people started focusing on their business and which is pretty much around the infra, maintaining the applications is all now going into cloud because they don't need to worry about maintaining all of it. Rather, they could just focus on the core of their business. So for you to be secure, for you to understand how security works in cloud, there are enough experts, there are enough details. Uh, the cloud and the SaaS organizations by default tell you how to secure, but they cannot help you on few aspects because they do not understand your business. So you have to have somebody internal who understands the business, work with the specific solution con consultants or whoever that helps you configure it. So it's configured properly. So you're more secure. True, true. Agreed. So I do have one question which you mentioned on the whole, the blue team, right? So have you actually worked on uh, red team? It's an interesting one. So I skipped this in my introduction. The way I always put to people is I am a red teamer by heart, blue teamer by profession. So I need to know how things are packed or how things are affected so I can detect and respond to them properly. Yeah, so I think that's uh, something I want to ask, right? Since you've been working on the blue team side, uh, have you had any experience with red teaming? And, you know, how is it different uh, working on the blue team and the red team. If you have any uh, stories that you want to share around it, uh, more than happy. Yeah, I'll answer the first question. I Do do I have direct experience working on red team? No, I don't. But I've always coordinated with the red team in terms of how they attack. So what is red team and blue team for people uh, who do not understand it? Red team is the ones who attack. Blue team is the ones who defend. So basically you have everything on a logical network. So basically your corporate organization, it can be network, it can be application, it can be all of it, or moving from say public cloud to your SaaS, to your laptop, again, to your inside network, right? So it's four stages if you actually look at it. A red teamer can do it because he will try to gather a lot of details and then attack you. What do you do as a blue teamer? You try to defend or you try to detect one of it. So defend is pretty much blocking them. Say, supposedly one of your service account is compromised. And as a blue teamer, I find about it and then make sure that the account is disabled or cannot log in further. So that makes the life of the red team a little tough. So I hope that helps understanding what blue team and red team is. Directly, I never did red teaming, but I understand every aspect of red teaming. And the way I put it to a lot of people is a red team person has say 40 stages in an attack, a blue team person need not defend on all those 40 stages. I don't need to worry about the initial scanning. I can start detecting them somewhere down the line, say at this stage 10, 15, depending on the organization, and then make sure that either I block them or I follow the path to see what exactly they are trying to do as a bad guys. So that's how my perception about red team and blue team is. I hope that helps, Shruti. Yeah, yeah, understood. So do you have like any stories around 
your experience of working in blue teams that you want to share? Yeah, sure. I have a couple interesting stories without naming any organization, any clients. I was working for a SaaS organization. It's an interesting space. The threats on SaaS were pretty high at the time. And we had a lot of attacks ongoing on a lot of variants of customers. And we had this one customer uh, where their SaaS looked like compromised. And we had ways to detect those compromised accounts. And then we contacted them. We said, your AD is compromised because we were pretty confident about it. It is because of how we do user dump into that particular SaaS application. So we look at the configuration. We look at a lot of aspects to determine and again, when you're going in front of a customer, you have to be 100% sure. There is no 99% there. It is 100% sure because customer can come back in any way. So you have to be 99%, 100% sure, not 99%. So we were 100% confident that the customer was internally breached. Their AD was compromised. The attacker was present in their AD and was creating accounts for himself. And then we observed the same thing on our SaaS. We contacted the customer. Customer was on denial mode. The ones that we were speaking with was not from the security organization. So we asked for security team to come up. Then we had all the evidence. And once the security team came in, it took less than five minutes for them to understand that they were internally breached. We had all the evidence. We just showed them and said, you guys have to take a look at it internally because this is not something that we can do. It is not our SaaS application that's compromised because we pull all your usernames or your authentication details as a dump from you. So it's an integration. It's called IDP. So they understood it in first five minutes. They thanked us and probably never came back to us. We do not know what happened after that, but it felt very good at that point of time because we were not only protecting our own organization, we also helped protect the entire customer organization who was working with us. So at that time, I thought this is kind of a huge thing because you're not only protecting your organization, you help customer identify something that they could not identify and probably secure them in a better way. So that's one thing that keeps me running. So if you ask me what keeps me running, so doing this kind of stuff actually keeps me running longer. True, true. It's like uh, end of the day, it's a good feeling that, you know, uh, you're able to help someone. Yep. Uh, you're able to help someone that you have no connection with because it's not this ass. We could have just avoided it. We would have not even told them, but that's not how we looked at it. As a security organization, uh, no matter what, we wanted to make sure that the customer is also safe. Yeah, yeah. And another story that I can tell you is this again happened at a SaaS organization. I know. Uh, so, so if you are working for a SaaS, you're pretty much protecting everything that's on the internet because customers do not configure it properly. They say, this is how I want it. This is how my business runs. So I wanted this to be going uh, to be on internet, not via my VPN. So how do you secure SaaS? You can always redirect everything via your VPN or via your SSO. That evades a lot of attacks, but people don't do it or probably their business cannot function in that way. So we had this customer whose the SaaS application was kind of compromised, but the attacker was not abusing it, but the attacker was using it to monitor a lot of attacks that he was doing. So basically he was using that application to make sure Every time he attacks an organization, he takes that data, dumps it in this particular SaaS application in that particular customer's environment with, as a separate database. 
and then starts using it to say whether that particular machine is doing what is required for him or not. So what do we do uh, in this situation, right? So we know, I mean, we investigated this in depth. We said we are reactive once. We will be proactive going further. So if this happens for one particular customer in a SaaS organization, one variant of attack that we could not detect, and only that, cu that customer will be reactive. Because of the patterns that we know, we build detections, enough detections, that if it happens to any other customer, we can detect early and also prevent it. So we take security very seriously, at least have been doing this stuff quite seriously in my career. So it is, there, there are a lot of branches that go out from the way I see it in terms of how do we protect. We sometimes have to be reactive, but we we like to be proactive, but it is not always possible with the kind of dynamic changes that happen in this uh, domain. So sometimes we have to be reactive, but once we are reactive, we always try to be proactive in that particular attack segment. True, agreed, agreed. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like like you said, because of the vastness and uh, the constant changes, it can be a little difficult to be proactive all the time, but uh, reactive and then planning to be proactive sort of works well. Totally. All right. Uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing these stories with us. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be helpful for our listeners. Uh, so with that, I do have like, uh, one last question for you uh, that is what is your advice um, for folks who are starting out in the industry there are a lot of smart people out there on the internet with social media ramping up so high you have enough resources around you to learn a lot of things you just have to focus on one thing and get it right you cannot do 100 things together and make sure you are a pro in that even if you are not working in a corporate one thing that cannot get you if you're not working in a corporate is the corporate environment. So that environment specific knowledge is something that you have to gain by experience. Nobody can teach you. But apart from that, whatever happens uh, in the industry, you have enough information about it across all the variants of social media platform. There are, there are enough communities about security, blog posts, a lot of Twitter threads. I'm pretty much on all of it on the pseudonyms. So I try to keep myself apprised on all of this using all this community. So I would say focus on one thing. If you're trying to start your journey in InfoSec, focus on one thing that you can do it best and make sure you showcase it. And probably it's quite easy for you to crack it, no matter what it is. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that lovely advice. And uh, thank you so much for making time to be here on this podcast and share all your experiences and insights with us. Thanks a lot, Ravi. Thanks, Ruthi, for having me. That was it for today, listeners. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. In case you want to reach out to Ravi, you can find him on LinkedIn. I have shared his details in the episode description. Also, now you can leave a review for each episode on the Spotify app. Do let us know what your thoughts are on this episode. And if you are an Apple podcast user, then don't forget to leave us a review there. Stay tuned for our next guest. Until then, stay safe and take care.